This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Way, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com podcast. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hello and welcome to the Great Indoors. Hello and welcome to the Great Indoors. Hello and welcome to the Great Indoors. Hello. That's my line. I know, I'm just okay, I'm here we teeing go. you up. <laughs> the podcast that tells you all you need to know about interiors, everything you need to know about interiors, everything you need to know about interiors and how to make it really work for you in your own home. I am Sophie Robinson. And I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And we thought we'd have a bit of fun with the top of the show because... This is our 100th birthday. The episode you are listening to right now is our 100th episode. Happy birthday to us! Now, I can't say I've come across a telegram from the King yet. Perhaps it will emerge. But we have had loads of lovely messages from listeners. Thank you so much for all of those. Yes, thank you. And today we're going to do something a bit different to normal. Essentially, we got all misty-eyed thinking back over the last 100 episodes and thought it would be fun to rump through the archive and play some clips. So today we'll be sharing some of our starriest guests. I always think that people assume I'm going to live in like a really edgy, like weird house, but I'm really old school. I like like cosy, traditional old homes. Some of our wisest design insight. I recommend having a double gin and tonic before you start doing this. (laughs) And of course, some of our most explosive disagreements. I can't even. I'm just going to have to turn my microphone off and go and have a lie down. I mean, I just can't. I, I, I actually can't speak. I'm going to have to take a moment. I'm going to have to. Oh, listen to us. Oh, I I mean, I'm exhausted. This upcycling lark is all very well, but trawling through hours of archive material is exhausting. I'm looking forward to episode 101 when we can get back to normal, frankly. (laughs) You are such a grumpy Scrooge. (laughs) So, follow me, dear listener. Back in time to October 2018, can you believe it, when Sophie and I recorded the very first episode. We were at my old house, sitting in the library, and I seem to recall it took us about eight hours to do two episodes. (laughs) Anyway, we started as we meant to go on. Shall we say, not exactly afraid to speak our minds. So come on then, Sophie, what are we going to talk about? Okay, headline news, Kate. I've got a drum roll for you. I want to talk about the fact that Grey is dead. I beg your pardon? (laughs) 
I'm I'm sorry. I, didn't I know quite it's, hear that. It's news. It's been all across Design Week. You know, I thought you might have a bit of a problem with it, considering you've even written a book about how to use grey with decorating. And actually, your house <laughs> used to be very, very grey, but you've been quite busy with the redecoration lately. It's true. I did write a book on how to choose the right shade of grey paint, and my house was, until very recently, all grey. To be fair, we have not seen much grey in all the new launches that have come out. So I'm not going to go with dead but possibly <laughs> having a little lie down well you know what? i've got something to admit in my last flat that i moved out of a couple of years ago i had dark gray walls but it was because my love of all those very bright jewelly colors like the popped they did they pop, pop against they pop, the dark they gray pop. but i tell you what i don't want it anymore and actually interestingly in my new house that we moved into two years ago which i still have not yet decorated i've set myself the mission of having no gray in my home. Anyway, I tell you what, it is challenging. Yeah. Because so often I've gone, oh, I'm just going to go for like a soft grey in this bedroom and then I can pop. And then I'm like, no, no, work harder, try harder, think of something else. So over four years later, I think it's safe to say that the dominance of grey is well and truly gone. I mean, I know it still clings on in little pockets of resistance. So perhaps Kate, you had a point where you said that it's not dead, but uh, having a little lie down. Oh, thank you for that. And there was another good early call we made in that first episode, though I say so myself. The Scandinavian look, I think, is no longer the dominant look in interiors. Again, I'm not going to say it's, it's been over. dominant for a while. Though, it's hasn't been it? dominant for a long time. So and by I that we it's... mean the the pale greys, the light wood. The because... very clean mid-century modern, mm -hmm. nothing too much. If it's not needed, don't add Quite it. Quite stripped back aesthetic. Yeah. I and think a, a, that's... the odd uh, sheepskin rug for a bit of comfort. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's moving over a bit. Fast forward a few episodes to my next pronouncement. And, and here I have to say I'm not quite sure the rest of the world has caught up with my genius yet. So come on then, Kate. White paint. What's your argument? Well, I'm banning. That. I'm yeah, banning. Why are you paint? banning that? It's quite a radical thing to do, isn't it? Um, I'm not banning it completely, but I think we should think more about when it should be used. Where I would quite like to ban it is on woodwork and ceilings. Oh my God, that's like every house in I the am, land. I, I, you know. <laughs> and you're talking about pure brilliant white. Is this, because there's whites and whites. There's whites and whites, aren't is there? This, yes. Is this a particular well, shade of white? Well, it's that basic brilliant white. Okay. There seems to me to be no reason why we do the woodwork in white and the ceilings in white. That's just the colour they've always been. And where I started thinking about this was actually we did a styling job for DFS last year mm -hmm. and you did your walls in that very bright cobalt blue colour. That I'm obsessed up, with. Which yeah. is now all over your house. Yeah. Um, up to about three quarters. And then you did above that on the wall, the top tiny bit of the wall and the ceiling in pale pink. And for me, it was a bit of a revelation because it just made the room look so much more pulled together and thought about. I think all the bottom line, I'm just saying, think about it. Think if white is the default colour you want or if you could and do something different. And there has to be different. a reason for yeah. using it. Don't be lazy. There you go. Being the colour lover I am, I'm delighted to say that colour has been a perennial topic on the show. And so has the demo. <laughs> Here's your outtakes. Democratisation. Democratisation. Dem it's a word yeah. I say every other day. Democratisation. <laughs> Democratisation. And so has the democratisation of design. In other words, everyone should feel empowered to shape their space. After all, you never know what doors the experience might open up. I love designing kids' rooms and I think my kind of like rally cry is get your kids involved because for me, I remember it as clear as day, I was seven years old and my parents invited me to decorate my bedroom. And I went down to the local decorating store with my mum and I was flipping through the wallpaper books and that was it. That was Hooked. when the decision was made <laughs> that I wanted to be an interior designer. And I had this, um, it was the 1980s, so I had this kind of graph paper wallpaper. 
Oh, that's very cool. The I had Laura Ashley, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was obviously like a rainbow border and matching rainbow bed linen and curtains and all the rest of it. But, you know, the whole experience was so empowering, so exciting. I really owned that bedroom. It was really mm. mine and it gave me a real sense of my own creativity and confidence. So... That's kind of what I want to start off with kids' rooms. I mean, Arthur designed, my son Arthur is now eight. He got an opportunity to design his bedroom when he was five because we moved house. And he was fully involved it's bright in red, it. It's bright red, isn't it, his it's bedroom? atomic red. Yeah, which he chose. One word of advice, I didn't give him the, like, Dulux fan deck with all 3,000 colours in it. Too much choice. Too much yeah. choice. I gave him, it was actually the little green paint chart because I knew that I could live with those colours. Yeah. If you're more of a fire and ball type of person, give your seven-year-old the fire and ball. <laughs> but, um... Here at The Great Indoors, we firmly believe that good design is for everyone, even seven-year-olds. And crucially, it really shouldn't be reserved for those with deep pockets. And another quick tip before we move on with kitchens is X display or they're called A-graded appliances. Do you know about these? No. So these are basically appliances that have got surface scratches, but quite often to the sides or the back of the unit. So oh, for example, that is a good tip. they've been dented or scratched yeah, yeah. in transit, so they can't sell them at full as price yeah. as new. But actually, they've never been plugged in. They've never been used. They've never been run. And actually, from the front facing, they look completely fine. Um, I bought them on eBay. You just search A-graded appliances there are certain websites that just trade in A-graded appliances. Top tip. Top tip. Another perennial topic is, of course, social media and its role in influencing, guiding, poisoning our culture's design tastes and ideas. I'm, I'm really interested in the whole topic surrounding who are you designing your home for? Are you designing it for yourself and your family or are you doing it to impress people? And interestingly, on the colour workshops that I run, I you know, quite frequently get people who are gripped in fear of what other people will think and how they'll be judged if they get it wrong or if they do something that somebody else won't like or someone will come around and think, oh, they made a big design crime there or whatever. It's interesting because it's not just comments on Instagram where people might criticise. I mean, you do hear stories of people's neighbours coming round and saying, oh, why have you done that? And being quite bold in their comments. Look, we all think it, don't we? You know, it's like... You know, we're all doing it. We're all judging each other's homes all the time. But I think one of the things that this podcast is bringing out and the fact that you and I, who've both been in the industry for a long time, have differing opinions. You know, so I think, you know, at the end of the day, it is subjective. And it seems to me slightly ridiculous to be designing your home for anything other than yourself, be that your neighbours or your Instagram audience. Well, that was the thing I noticed. I remember reading an article in one of the Sunday papers a couple of months ago and someone said that she'd moved into a house and she was redecorating it and she wanted to create an Instagram-friendly home. And I thought that was... I mean, I still think it's such a terrible thing to say. I felt there was something really wrong with that. I think there's nothing wrong. Well, and in that there's something very shallow about that. Well, and also it just it seems wrong on so many levels because it's probably not the home that's right for her. You know, it's right for Instagram or it'll play well. So there is that about you should decorate for your own home. But I also think, and we're all guilty of this, we shouldn't care what other people think because if we've decorated it for ourselves, it should be the right home for us and it doesn't matter. Now, I think we've been on air for about a year when at the end of 2019, producer Kate had the bright idea of the Great Indoors podcast Facebook group. Will anybody want to join, we wondered. Well, so far, there's about 10,000 of you on there and you show no sign of shutting up anytime soon. Now, it goes without saying that none of this would be possible without you lovely lot listening. Your support and your kind and, shall we say, constructive comments have meant the world to us. Whether it's the chat in the Facebook group, questions for the style surgery or just a message on Instagram. And that kind of connection with each and every one of you was, of course, never more important than in 2020. I'm Sophie Robinson. And I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And this is our Staying In special. So look, with everything which is going on right now, we have been feeling pretty bleak, as I'm sure you have too. And we weren't at all sure that anyone needed to be hearing a podcast about interior design right now. But then I got this message through my Instagram. It's from Hannah Robinson, no relation. And she says, Hi Sophie, I work for London Ambulance Service in the control room and have been struggling to switch off. 
Just wanted to say a huge thank you. Listening to The Great Indoors is keeping me sane and giving me some calm. Well, you can imagine how that made us feel. And there have been so many other messages coming in along similar lines, which has just been amazing and also made me feel a bit awkward because, well, that's what I'm like. And then Ollie got in touch. Hi, Kate and Sophie. I'm Ollie from Manchester and I'm a big fan of the podcast. Like lots of people across the country, I'm now working, living, sleeping, cooking and everything else in the same relatively small flat. I was wondering whether you might produce a special episode on how to keep a home fresh throughout this time. How to deal with switching your house from home to office and back again over the course of the day and how we might be able to make our homes feel a little bit different at the weekend. Something like this could really help us all keep sane while this is all going on. The great indoors has never been more important. Of course, once we'd stopped sniffing and dabbing at that little bit of grit in our eyes, we took our responsibilities to the nation very seriously indeed. Well, I actually had a lot of fun uh, with my son, Arthur, who's eight, building this recording studio. I'm actually in his bedroom. Uh, I'm sat on his bed and we've created a tent of duvets all around me. So I'm... um, you know, well insulated. And the, the whole point of this is that we're trying without a professional setup to sound as nice to you listeners as possible. So that's why we've got cushions and teddies and duvets. And in Kate's case, a beige towel. What's with the beige, Kate? Beige towel. I think you need to up your podcast studio game a little. This is my emergency towel. I keep this for, you know, washing machine floods and so on. <laughs> painting a lovely picture. emergency. Well, it is extreme measures, it has to be said. So, yes, I hope you'll bear with us while we iron out the kinks in this because the cushions keep falling over and it's uh, <laughs> it's not the most relaxing recording setup I've ever been in. Anyway, on with the show. I'm worried that, you know, the things that we are craving now in terms of colour might not be what we actually want when we come out of this. So I would caution against you know the big room redecoration and maybe just go for smaller things because you know it might all change as I did I tell you I I'm being really drawn to this kind of saffron yellow shade which you keep seeing you know (laughs) what what am I saying I'm so glad we've got this on tape you know I'm a bit worried the press who even am I who even are you I know so what I'm saying is what you want now in lockdown may not be what you actually want in real life. So I am not going to paint my kitchen until we are out of this and my sanity has returned to previous curmudgeonly levels, at which point we will see again whether I like yellow. Well, people are talking about, you know, the planet going through a big um, rebirth, the whole of civilization getting completely remodelled. And you are obviously going through a similar kind of... I'm obviously having a breakdown. You know when they have that joke that it's like, you know, what would be the sentence you would have if you were kidnapped to let everybody know that you'd been kidnapped? Basically, if you ever get a letter from me when we're not in lockdown, when I've written to you, I've just painted the kitchen yellow, you will know I've been abducted by aliens. Oh, I've had a really serious breakdown and you're to intervene. So I am saying I am all up for lockdown redecoration, but, you know, I just, I'm advising a bit of caution at this stage. <laughs> oh, it's the best thing I think I've ever heard. I think it's amazing. I mean, you know, yellow is a happy colour. Maybe you just, you know, literally a sunshine in a tin, isn't it? Hmm. Moving on. <laughs> I don't know where do we go from there that's just fantastic what I would be interested in is knowing if any listeners have had similar you know rushes of blood to the head when it comes to decorating about things they might do on the whole we felt a bit of light relief seemed to be what lockdown called for but the great indoors has had some more serious practical impact too We were glad to be able to share a special episode on diversity in design, showcasing the thoughts and achievements of designers of colour. And over that and subsequent episodes, we have explored the efforts and initiatives of those working to make this industry better and more accessible. Here's just one guest, the internationally known writer, brand consultant, trend forecaster and TV presenter, Michelle Agunderhin. So why isn't there more diversity in design? 
Such a seemingly simple question, but one, I think, with a very complex cause. And one that I think stems from our non-white children not believing, perhaps, that they could succeed in design or fit in or be welcomed. So for myself, I recognise that my response to this dilemma, the one authentic thing that I could do as a woman of colour, is to get back into offering mentoring to those young children, to tell them that they must never let anyone diminish the fire of their potential, least of all themselves, and that there is no reason whatsoever that they cannot do whatever it is that they want to do, none. But also to remember that we all fail sometimes. Everyone faces knockbacks, but you have to pick yourself up, try again, and just move on. And in that same way, if one door closes, you find another to open. And if you believe that that door closed because of your race, and on this I'm very firm, then you do not want to work for that place anyway. You save your energy, divert it straight back into your wonderful self, and don't waste it battering down an unappreciative door. And so in this way, we teach our children to respect themselves and honour their passion by just starting. And so I would hope we start to undermine any small grain of doubt that they could ever not be worthy enough to work in what I believe to be a truly magnificent profession and industry. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As you will know, it's often hard for Sophie to keep quiet long enough. Not for you, though, is it? Not hard for you. Oh, here we go. As I was saying, (laughs) it's often hard for Sophie to keep quiet long enough for me to get a word in edgeways. And over these 100 episodes, we have periodically enjoyed really testing her by bringing a guest into the mix, too. Sometimes for brief interviews, but sometimes for full-on house tours. This one, this is quite a VIP guest for the podcast. I see you've dressed the part. <laughs> I have! I've gone all out on colour and that's for a reason. This is a woman renowned <laughs> for her understated good taste. <laughs> do you think she like my leopard print frock? Frankly, <laughs> I'm not. I'm I don't ask. I didn't get time to do my nails, I'm really disappointed. And your clashing handbag. Anyway, she's a fan of the podcast. She's requested to be one of our guests. Yes. You need to behave yourself, though, Kate. Seriously. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, I don't mean? think we're going to find any feature balls in this house, luckily. But I'm going to look under the bed for dust bunnies. What the hell's a dust bunny? I don't know. I read it somewhere. People have them under their beds. See, there you go already. Do not go looking under her bed. Oh, like, right. I mean, seriously. Read it in. Right, we're going to get a buzz. Hi, it's Sophie and Kate. Hi, Kate, you just match so nice. perfectly as well. Look at you in all In my cream phone. trousers and my black shirt. Come on, let's go snoop before she comes. <gasps> she might tell us off. I'm frightened. Do you want to find the fridge? I want to find the fridge. <gasps> oh, no, look Ooh. at that. It's a little snug. Because that's sliding doors. Whoa, that is cool. Shh, that was exactly 90 degrees, Kate. You put it on the wrong now. Oh, my now. God. <laughs> Is that 90 degrees? I don't know what 90 degrees looks oh, like. I don't know. Everything's just totally perfect, isn't it? I really like it. I was prepared to be a bit frightened of it. No, it's beautiful. It's beautifully presented home, isn't it? Is that it? a concrete dining table? That's lush. We are honestly so grateful to all the people who have bravely invited us into their homes to snoop about. It really is an utter joy to witness the beauty and glamour and personal style of their homes. Here, for example, is a clip of me absolutely losing it at the home of broadcaster, author and general superstar, Fern Cotton. This was a tiny windowless bathroom that we've made into a little wardrobe area. 
Um, <gasps> goals. Oh no! Oh my god, let me in there! Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but this was a bathroom with a bath and a shower and a sink. Can you imagine? Like, Look at the so handbag tiny. corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now going to have a new co-host, which will be Fern, as Sophie will now never come out <laughs> of the clothes closet. Yeah. So Fern and I will continue the show. Yeah. <laughs> and and just leave see, me. My husband has one oh. rail, two rails, and that's it. But it's oh no! Me. Sorry, can we just look at all the Polaroids of the shoes on the boxes? That's what you're supposed yeah. to do. I think it's fair to say that the bits of the interviews I love best are the moments when our guests reveal that they too are only human. Here's designer and former singer-songwriter, the glamorous Pearl Lowe, talking about her beautiful bespoke kitchen. So I'm not great with maths. <laughs> they, are, they didn't come and measure up. Oh, That's okay. the thing that always terrifies me. I'm not good at numbers. <laughs> I got the measurements the wrong, wrong way around. OK, so when it arrived, it was a bit like <laughs> Spinal Tap when the... Oh, you know, when, when Stonehenge came. And it was literally <laughs> the smallest unit you have ever seen. <laughs> wow. Mini so we're kitchen. looking we're looking at the moment at two fitted cabinets that fit either side of I guess that would have been some kind of chimney breast originally. This is now where yeah. you've got your stove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to get it millimeter perfect for those cabinets to fit inside those alcoves is really critical, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely crucial. <laughs> <laughs> and talking of glamorous Shall we hear a bit more from the episode where we went round Fern Cotton's house, starting with a particularly sophisticated moment we first met her? Brilliant. Rock and roll. Oh, that's the picture. This is the lady of the house putting out a bin. To give you a hand. No, Blue recycling bins, that's very posh. Anyway, please come in. Thanks for having us, hon. This is all very exciting. Which way are we going? Go in the kitchen that way. I always think that people assume I'm going to live in like a really edgy, like weird house, but I'm really old school. I like like cosy, traditional, old homes. So I think people are usually sort of a bit shocked, like, oh, it's quite sort of homely and countryside-ish rather than it being sort of edgy and... Whatever. Oh, there's a little rock and roll touch. I'm looking at these lamps <laughs> over the island. Do you think? I think they're a bit. Um, they're granny know, punk. Big, oh, are they granny <laughs> punk? Yeah. Good. <laughs> granny Good. Punk. Granny punk. That's a new thing. Maybe so, that's my style. Just, just to punk. describe these lamps, there's three enormous silk drum pendant lights with drippings of kind of like they almost look like necklaces, don't they? Dripping yeah, all beads, over them. Little beads, flowers. Lots of fringing. Fringing is yeah. very on trend. I mean, they're really bohemian. Yeah, they? I like a bit of bohemian. I'm into that. I like anything that feels quite sort of natural and not too considered or thought about too much. It's a bit higgledy-piggledy, but sometimes it goes a bit too higgledy-piggledy. <laughs> <laughs> because about these lampshades, but I love them. But like you say, everywhere else I'm looking, you know, the we've got lovely stripped floorboards here, beautiful country-style kitchen, but all quite neutral and light. This yeah. is the heart of the home, then, in here. Absolutely. This is where you the all hang out room. together. Yeah. The engine room, I love it really that. Is. Brilliant. It really is. And I've always got, at weekends, like, friends sat on these stools here and I'm baking something and we're drinking tea and gossiping or, like, people just sit on the counters and we all chat and it feels quite sort of like... A bit like a six-form common room at weekends. <laughs> <laughs> but in a really nice, sort of slightly more sophisticated way, I hope. So I want to ask, what are your top tips for designing a sociable family kitchen dining space? I think if you've got the room, an island, definitely, with bar stools, because people can just sort of casually pop in, have a cup of tea. If you can fit a little sofa in, I think that's always quite nice, again, just for people to relax in and and chill out. Our latest addition to the kitchen, which I love, is my son's new fish tank. And that, for the kids, I has been that. the cutest <laughs> yeah. thing ever because they just, all the kids just sit and they stare at it for hours. It's and It's gorgeous. It? And yeah. I love that it's become, for the kids, like a real cute little focal point of the kitchen. So that's definitely a really lovely new addition to this space. Regular listeners will know I am in the middle of a renovation nightmare. I mean, opportunity to revamp my entire house. So any banging and drilling and cursing that you hear in the background is my lovely builders trying to make it all work. Anyway, back to our 100th birthday episode. And it turns out that Fern Cotton isn't the only guest whose punk rock comes with a side order of granny chic. 
Here's singer-songwriter and DJ Skin of Skunk Anansi talking to us from our home in Ibiza, which tragically we did not get to visit in person and we had to do remotely from the discomfort of the duvet dens. Um, I also have some flying ducks because I just think it's hilarious. Flying ducks on the wall amongst all these <laughs> cool, white, minimal interiors. Talk to me about that. It's just the English in me. I just, it's just they're so British. It's just hilarious to walk into this high-tech, sophisticated interior and have flying ducks on the wall. They are original 1950s uh, first edition flying ducks. I actually had to research and go on the internet and found them on eBay. Uh, they just make me laugh. I just think it's very Arthur Scargill, very kind of Northern European, Middlesbrough Teesside flying ducks on the wall. I, it just makes me giggle and nobody else gets it but me and that's fine. <laughs> And talking of grannies, let's hear from the guest whose stunning home we were drooling over at the beginning of this section. Designer and entrepreneur Kelly Hoppen is known for her sophisticated style and immaculate interiors. But here she is revealing that she does have a messy side, now unleashed thanks to her daughter's toddler, Kelly's grandson, Rudy. I can't do enough for him or her or I just want to protect them and... I do, you know, and the fact is they live outside London, so which for Tash is lucky because I would be there every night for bath time. <laughs> it's the only thing that stops me working. Really? I see him, I throw my phone away, I'm like, I'm yours. Just tell me what you want, Rudy. Like, let's just play with everything, build castles, go on tractors, like whatever he wants. If he threw Ribena over the white sofa, I would just get it cleaned. I can't yeah. believe I'm saying that. Whereas if it had been my daughter or stepchildren in yes. the old days, I would have had a complete thromby. <laughs> you know. And how do you feel like when all the toys and the books and the multicoloured plastic Absolutely. and everything? Absolutely. You're fine. No. Okay, great. Because you I mean your house, Kelly? There is not one thing out of place. It no, is I know, but let's perfection. just put this into perspective, okay? I don't have small children. I mean, I'll show you in my fridge in a minute. Oh, come There's on, we're going to go, come on, we're gonna go and see the fridge. But this, this is very funny. So my freezer has Rudy's teething ring from years ago, and it's basically vodka. I was going to say, I'm seeing a lot of booze. And some <laughs> gluten-free wraps. So, I mean, this is like... Yeah, a modest freezer. This is where you're going to laugh. Oh, Kelly. There's hardly anything in here. Well, I've got my dinner. I knew there'd be a bottle of champagne. I'd put money on oh, it. I've got loads <laughs> of booze here. The thing is, like, I know that I'm the only person eating here tonight. And so then, we've got we've got basically a big tray of fruit, so I've got some chopped salad, cucumber, bit of salad, salad. I've got food there, and some nut, uh, milk free. I've got some chicken, some salad. That's all I need tonight. I'm either going out or I'm literally coming home and crashing. And have, I mean, people think we're out every night. I'm sometimes in bed by nine thirty. We plonk ourselves down there, we chat, we go and watch a box set. I was going to say, do you watch telly? Oh, I'm completely gone. What are you watching? Let's, Let's go and check out the snug. Oh, can we go um, and sit on the snug? Uh, what aren't we watching? Well, Love Island Ovs. Are you? Are you? Oh, yes, yes that's my guilty pleasure. My guilty pleasure. Yeah, I have to watch it when uh, Tom, Tom, my husband, know, thinks same. it's toxic TV, so it I have is. to watch it in secret. <laughs> so, this is our snug. Love Island's done secretly because oh, John yes. would literally oh, got leave. the same dirty yes. secret as me. Um, although he knows an awful lot about it. Our guests always make us laugh but in their different ways they have also made us think. Here's the very fabulous and very fascinating designer and TV personality Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen discussing his latest book More, More, More! Making Maximalism Work in Your Home and Life. I mean one of the big things that I, I'm very proud of in the book is, is I feel the, the total unmasking, the exposure of modernism as being essentially an incredibly misogynistic convention. It was very, very anti-women all the way through. Um, you know, to a large extent, it's anti-humanity. Um, but actually, it's very specifically tough on the um, female, you know, the immemorial female traditions of um, craft, of witchcraft, of baking, of home craft, all of these unbelievably powerful things that... Um, the matriarch used to centre, to ground the home experience since the bloody beginning of us living in caves was totally removed from modern homes, mm. modernist homes, um, because actually 
all of that couldn't be made. That couldn't be crafted. That couldn't be done. It had to be bought. Even if it was bought from a craft shop, but it had to be bought by professionals. And it was always these incredibly overbearing, uh, judgy men telling you what your home should be like. So or this whole kind of, you know, anti-bourgeois stuff. Actually, they say through the baby out with the bathwater, what the hell is wrong with bourgeois? Bourgeois rocks. Bourgeois is boho. Bourgeois is live and let live. Bourgeois is love. Bourgeois is having spaghetti bolognese. It's baking. It's Laura Ashley. It's all of the things that actually lead to a happy home. You know, modernism, the modernist, the minimalist, is about giving yourself a headache. It's about giving a space that you have to live up to. Home is about love, which means that it's about accepting it not being perfect, which minimalism and modernism never will. Modernism is the perpetual pursuit of over-control of a space, of a life, of a way of living, which is completely and utterly impossible. Yes, you tell him, Lawrence, 100%. I concur. Uh, it's also been an absolute joy to meet so many people who, like us, believe passionately that cushions and paint can make all the difference in the world to your health and happiness. Here's furniture restorer, designer and TV presenter of the stellar smash hit, The Repair Shop. It's the gorgeous Jay Blades. If you look at a wall that you've prepped and painted or a door you've brought back to life or a chair you recovered, don't you have just like a deeper love and connection? I totally agree. It does make you feel special. It gives you a sense of ownership because you've invested some time and some energy and some thought into what you've achieved. And once you've got it there and people will admire it and you can sit down on it and you see it every day, you remember that level of achievement. So I think for mental health and just for the sheer fact of that feel-good factor, you should be doing up stuff. I think it's a must. Talking of the feel-good factor, here's singer-songwriter Sophie Ellis-Bexter, a.k.a. Queen of the Kitchen Disco, showing us around the very kitchen where that lockdown Instagram sensation was born. And what's quite funny is that all the stuff that you can see that became sort of synonymous with the discos was actually already here well before the discos became a thing. So the sequin bunting, the fairy lights, the disco ball, the hanging stuff, that's the big laser light over there and disco light. In here we have turntables, DJ decks. This is all here already because I think as a family, that's how we always like to sort of let off steam, celebrate, spend time together. So yeah. just take us back. How did the first one come about? Did you just think, oh, I'll just have a go and see if anybody watches? I mean, it was right at the beginning of the first lockdown and I was feeling just monumentally useless, really. Like loads of people feeling really discombobulated, you know, the heaviness of the news, all of our work being cancelled. My husband and I, Richard and I, were both musicians. And I had so many clever friends who immediately wanted to connect with people and were doing these amazing performances on Instagram and playing piano and accompanying themselves. And I was thinking, I stopped piano lessons when I was four. <laughs> I can't do any of that stuff. Why didn't I learn how to accompany myself? And then Richard said, why don't we just do a gig? We'll do it live on Instagram. We'll put some songs on. You can do like a party set. And there was something about the absolute lunacy of it that really appealed. I just thought, why the hell not? So I found myself putting on my sequin catsuit, putting my rollers in. Our youngest at the time was 14 months, Mickey. So he's crawling around the floor. There were wires everywhere. It was just Richard and I. I thought, this is destined for disaster and if we do manage to broadcast it people are going to laugh at me for looking so ridiculous but actually even before we got much feedback it just gave us this the way I sort of compare it is a bit like if you drink a non-alcoholic beer when you're trying to avoid alcohol and the first 20 minutes your brain is fooled into thinking you've had booze it was a bit like that the first bit afterwards we were fooled into thinking we'd done a real gig like woo um it made us feel better and then people were giving us lovely feedback so we thought right we'll just do that I loved it. It was every week and all the community, all the people got in touch. It made me cry like a lot of times and I cried a lot during the gigs. I've never cried on stage, ever. Connection's so important, isn't it? Those conversations. And, I, and, and I, what I loved about it as well was it was, you know, just from an interior's point of view, it was also celebrating how you can like switch your home about overnight and transform it into a disco. So, I mean, in terms of decoration, we've got the yeah. disco ball, as you've said, the sequin, bunting, the lights, but also just your whole approach to decorating, I can see already is full mm -hmm. of fun and life and energy. I mean, I thought I had a cushion <laughs> issue, obsession. You've, you're, but you're, you're no Max, you are not <laughs> even in the room. We've got a furry tiger heart with pink tassels. 
Of course, we don't always agree with all the views aired on the show. Are there any sort of furniture trends that you really don't like? Well, the word trends for immediately gets my hackles up because I don't deal in trends. I'm not interested in trends. I'm not interested in fashion, to be perfectly honest. I like, I'm interested in style and taste. I absolutely detest, detest with every fibre of my being, the painted furniture brigade. You know, going off and buying a piece of very dreary Edwardian sideboard that nobody wants anyway for 40 quid, then painting it badly, and then all of a sudden you're a vintage painting expert. You know, you've just taken something that was worthless and made it worth even less. It's an embarrassment to this country that we do this. It's absolutely awful. I, I put it up there with stone cladding your house, with pebble dashing, with wearing football shirts in public, with gold cars. All of these things are, you know, we're laughing at you. And it's just awful and it's thoughtless and it's it's as nonsensical and as dull as the person buying it. And if I get shouted down by people for saying, well, I like shabby chic furniture, just by saying the word shabby chic, I don't want to talk to you. I'm slightly frightened to play devil's advocate, but here goes. I am hiding under a duvet, so I might be safe from you throwing things at me. <laughs> if If somebody has bought in your words, a worthless piece of furniture yeah. that nobody wanted and by painting it, they like it and although it might technically be worth less but it makes them happy and they want it, is that not okay? Um, I'd love to be right on and politically correct about this but no, it's not okay because what you've done is you've vandalised your environment you've put something tasteless and cheap and nasty. And even if it wasn't, you made it that way into your environment and you're not learning from it and you're not gaining from it. And it will very quickly go out of this small little phase that it's in now and all of a sudden then be just be something worthless. So you've also wasted your money where you can go out and buy something really rather beautiful because all the people that do it, I have to say to them, you're not a furniture designer. You're not a furniture painter. Just by buying overpriced paint doesn't make you an expert, Right. Look at it and take it for what it is, right? The only person getting anything out of this is the person selling the paint. If it makes you happy, fine. But as I said, you know, stone cladding was in for a while, wasn't it? But whatever the topic, we aren't afraid to roll up our sleeves and get stuck in. As indeed we did when we met the designer and paint expert, Annie Sloan, to learn how to create a Malachite effect on, whisper it, painted furniture. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to make a mixture out of the green, the Amsterdam green, and the varnish. The varnish is there to give it um, transparency, translucence, beautiful word. And I'm going to make my marks with a very, very, very expensive tool. <laughs> An old teabag box. An old teabag box, exactly. So you just find the right sorts so of... So thin card is the key. Thinish card. OK, Good so tip. now I'm going to take my card and move it gently. So you're basically oh, just no, sort of that. wiggling the card through the wet paint yeah. to create a pattern. It's like and a fan pattern, isn't a it? A fan pattern. Uh, this is like my third go at the, my first corner and what's yeah. so lovely is when I started doing it it felt quite tight and yes. my yes. sort of organic shapes weren't looking very organic yeah. and I've just slapped more paint on had another go and actually the freer and more willy-nilly I am with it the better. kind of better it looks yeah, it so yeah. I recommend having a double gin and tonic before you start I doing Do you find painting oh, furniture gosh, yeah. therapeutic? Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I get letters from people all the time. Not letters, no. no emails. Emails or <laughs> even messages on Facebook. Oh, OK. <laughs> even <laughs> that. In fact, loads of those and Instagram. People going, it's just amazing. You know, I had a breakdown or my somebody died and now I'm doing this and it's. I can't tell you how wonderful mm. it is. Or people who just found that they thought they were uncreative and they do this. And my things are all about... You know, you don't have to be perfect. Oh, I absolutely adore Annie. And my, didn't we have a lot of fun on that day? Anyway, but you know, in the end, much as we enjoy chatting to, learning from, and uh, let it be said, generally messing about with many of the guests who've come on the show over the years, the real spirit of The Great Indoors always comes back to the two of us messing around together, which often involves me baiting Kate Watson-Smythe mercilessly about her ridiculous prejudices 
and bugbears. Sales for scented candles has gone through the roof during lockdown and they had some key findings on the UK's favourite scents. So <laughs> buckle up, Kate Watson Smythe. Oh, God. Uh, Lavender candles take the top slot. Yeah, fair enough. Average search on Pinterest, 3,600. Vanilla comes second. And then the gingerbread candle. Oh, my God. third place. <laughs> and then uh, sales for chocolate orange candle. Oh! Up 425%. Matcha candle sales up 300%. And the South East's favourite candle is sea salt paying homage to the seaside surrounding. So which one of those? Are you chocolate orange or are you gingerbread? I can't, I can't even. I, I'm just going to have to turn my microphone off and go and have a lie down. I mean, I just can't. I, I, I actually can't speak. I'm going to have to take a moment. I'm going to have to do a Kate Winslet. Gather. <laughs> Gather. OK. Where to start? I'm going to start with this food thing. You know, I've got nothing against a lavender candle. That's a very nice smell. And I will say, we can get onto this later, that I've come round, actually, over the last year to the scented yes, well, candle. I, I'm glad you've fessed up right the front because I was already to slam dunk you for that because you've always been so rude about scented candles. Well, I, you know, there's a lot of bad ones about, let's be honest. <laughs> But I bow to no one in my fury about food-scented candles. I mean, that gingerbread candle, third place, 1,900 average monthly searches for a gingerbread candle. Someone gave me, someone gave me, and I don't think we are friends anymore, a gingerbread and pumpkin candle. <laughs> and it had a lid on it, and I put it in a cupboard in a downstairs loo, and it just... It, it, I couldn't, it, the smell wasn't contained in there. It escaped. Why do you want to constantly smell of food? This brings me back to, as a child, when the body shop and everybody wanted strawberry lip salve. Why? You just chew your own lips off. Why do you want to constantly be surrounded by the smell of chocolate orange? Just makes you eat all the time. <laughs> and I can't bear candles that smell of food. Apart from a nice fig. Ah, oh, but not not a Sicilian orange. No. What about a pomegranate? What does a pomegranate even smell like? <laughs> I mean, I know. What does a pomegranate smell of? They're always in the posh scented candles. Do you know what? I stand by this. The other day, someone sent me a message on Instagram to a link where you can now buy a scented candle that smells of spaghetti. <laughs> so you can tease me about my hang-ups, and I do. On the other hand, like to be quite rude about the multicoloured maximalism of your house, so it's all fair in love and podcast. And here we are, together, in real life, in the same place. I'd like to say it's a total joy, but I might be changing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that, won't we? I mean, I'd like to say your house looks amazing, but I'm sitting on a yellow sofa, which I'm finding quite stressful. But before you talk to me about where this sofa came from, I would like to first of all say... A and I also like to point out her ludicrous attempts at a healthy diet of oat, matcha, chia, soya, seed, protein, nonsense. Like eating cement with fruit on top. No, it's more like just eating sort of wet, soggy pond slime. Nice. With some hard. Nice. And you volunteered to hand over your it. money for that. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> and you volunteered to hand your money over for that. <laughs> Did I say that? Yes. <laughs> we love each other, really, and we love making this show, don't we? Has it been what you expected back when we started? Uh, I've, left, I've hesitated too long. I had a line and I've forgotten <laughs> it. That's the menopause. Um, <laughs> is, it, is it time for your medication, Mrs. Wilkins? I think it's time for a lie down. Um, it's, uh, what can I say? It's much more fun than I thought it would be, actually. Mm. We've had a laugh. We've had a laugh, haven't we? It's taken off more than I expected. I remember when we first came up with this sort of harebrained idea, you know, with both of us running blogs and photo shoots. It's such a visual medium, isn't it? But it's been a wonder for me. It's been an amazing way to explore all the little avenues of design. You know, I think one thing that people have fed back to me that they love about our podcast that I love too is we're kind of giving everybody permission to follow follow their heart in design. Be you a maximalist or dare I say it, 
a minimalist. It's it's whatever, you know, whatever suits you. And we're here to back it up with our wise wisdom. I like when we did way back in series one and we did a live recording in Dublin. Do you remember? Oh, yes. And uh, there was a write-up in, I think it was the Irish Times before we started. And someone said, you know, what is a podcast talking about interiors going to be when you can't see it? The result is total anarchy. And that's always been one of my favourite reviews. (laughs) So the question is, what does the future hold? What are we going to be talking about over the next 100 episodes? Well, do you know what I'd like to do with the podcast this year after, you know, quite a lot of duvet den action is I'd like to get on the road a bit. I'd like some in real life events in 2023. Bring the great indoors on the road and get to meet some of our listeners face to face. Who's up for that? I thought you were going to say I'm going to bring Grey back. And I was going to say, well, perhaps I will. Perhaps perhaps the next 100 episodes will be about the gradual rehabilitation and waking up of Grey paint. I tell you, what, if we go on a road show, we're going to need a boxing ring, Kate Watson-Smythe, if that's your agenda. It's going to be a very different road Different tour. feel. Yes. Completely different kind of experience. I'm up for that. Get your gloves on. Well, we'll worry about all of that next week. But for now, we're celebrating. It's been over four years in and out of duvet dens, wrestling with Zoom, and in my case, very dodgy rural Wi-Fi. Oh, and how could we forget to mention the many guest star appearances from lovely Lucy the dog and Enid the cat. And of course, the builder husband, the mad husband, and your mum. So, happy 100th birthday. It has been an absolute blast. Thanks to our producers, Kate Taylor, Sarah Cudden, and Henrietta Harrison of Feast Collective. To engineers, Tom Brignall and Alfie Thompson, who have mixed everything so beautifully. And most of all, a big thanks to you so much for listening. And And we'll we'll see see you in the great great indoors. indoors. <laughs> and so has the democ <laughs> stop laughing at me I'm not laughing at you Kate yeah. did you do this deliberately <laughs> <laughs> right just say it ah uh, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.